Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. But let's be real, mostly gentlemen. <laughs> and let's be real, none of you are gentlemen. Uh, today is a very special episode. Um, because we are going to look into the life and the mind of one of the creators and originators. Well, not really originators because everything that he's wearing right now isn't original. Um, <laughs> You're right. We're going to be looking into the person that helped create this podcast. Um, and because he is very close to me and because he asked me to come up with a joke for the beginning of the show, I figure what better joke than this man's life to start this show. <laughs> So please, we are we will talk a little bit of wrestling, but please stick with us while we do two parts uh, of us basically introducing ourselves to you because I feel this show has been very assuming of you, the listeners, of you kind of knowing who we are, even though we like are nobodies essentially. Like, we're not well we're not completely nobodies we're always somebody but you know what i mean you have no reason to listen to us and you have no reason to support us all five of you but you do we appreciate it <laughs> no, wait. I'm sorry not all five of you all 69 of you all 69 of you yes Very nice. <laughs> excuse me the the next magic number is 420 of course mm-hmm that's when we'll wheedle. Um, but yes, uh, so welcome to the National Disasters of Wrestling. I am Matt. And I am Don. Um, before we go into your deep, dark crevices with a UV light to see how you've uh, just destroyed your body uh, with your own Lots of cocaine. Brand. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little about wrestling first. Um, obviously, a big congratulations to Becky Lynch. Yes. And yes. the Monday Night Baby Daddy, Seth Rollins. You know, this is the second champion that, you know, is out of action because Seth is too stiff. Yes, he has knocked up. He has knocked up and knocked out two Irishmen in the span of five years. <laughs> I don't know why he's just so stiff at the Irish. It's because they can take it. Yeah. And because they have nothing to do with Germany. Uh, it's true. It's very, very true. Um, yeah, what was it? I, um... I think you had sent me a picture from Cage Side Seats Twitter about the promo that Seth had, and it wasn't so much as like, oh, I lost my match last night. It was more like I'm scared of becoming a dad. Yeah. <laughs> and rightfully so. I think anybody, I think any, I don't know. It's obviously going to be weird. Is are, Seth's not going to be off TV, right? Or is he? I would assume he would be off TV for a little bit, like when it gets closer to the due date. Yeah, I would assume that for the sake of her health and the baby's well-being, I would think both of them would probably be out for a bit because 
you know, he can't necessarily be traveling around, even if it's just as a performance center, and then being around Becky, mm-hmm. you know, just in case, because now her immune system is going to be kind of out of whack. I mean, for fuck's sakes, like Roman Reigns is pulled out, and he lives in, he lives like down the block from performance center. Yeah, well, that's different though because he's, you know, his 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 immune system has always been weak. Well, Hers is going to start getting weaker. So he specifically said that you know his immune system's perfectly fine. Oh. Um, when he talked to doctors, the whole reason why he pulled out was because you know <clears throat> he had twins on the way. Uh, that's true. Yeah. So it'll be. Um, what do you think of uh, Becky Lynch's new new merch? The ma. Yeah, the ma or the mom? Um, yeah, the mom. I I ordered the ma shirt. Really? Yeah. To be fair, though, I ordered it for my mom. That would have been a nice Mother's Day gift. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was surprised they were able to hold on to it for so long. I'm surprised. You know what? Like, I'm I'm surprised that they didn't just announce it on that day but i'm but obviously this uh this this title match was recorded prior to money in the bank correct um, um i'm sure they didn't really even know back then maybe or who knows maybe they did maybe they didn't oscar didn't um, know but until, was, until it was announced on. yeah nobody knew it was it, nobody knew until it wasn't announced until it was announced but um, yeah dang it where was it i saw uh, a rumor that Becky might have wrestled pregnant. Yeah. Well, she found out in, in April, so. Yeah, so she probably, she they think that she might have wrestled, pre- like, you know, her first or second week of pregnancy yeah. at WrestleMania, which, uh, which is interesting. Hopefully. You know, that, that might be the youngest wrestler in a match. No, no, Maria Canales is kid. <laughs> yep. Is the youngest WrestleMania uh, participant? Maybe it beats Nicholas. Yep. Uh, but yeah, no. Congratulations to them. That's awesome. Uh, she obviously deserves the time off, and it's another thing that she beat Ronda Rousey up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought about that for a second. Oh shit! And she didn't even need to announce that she was going away. Yeah. Oh. And actually, and you know what? A lot of people were happier that Ronda Rousey went away. Like everybody's happy for Becky, but I know a lot of people are also sad because that means less of the man on TV. I was just thinking, uh, Seth Rollins is the ultimate heel. Yeah, he takes away Finn. He takes away Sting. He takes away Becky Lynch. Like, yeah. like he's just the ultimate heel. Hmm. He's the baby face killer. Mm-hmm. Um, what else happened? Well, well, Oscar. Well, Oscar is now the new Raw Women's Champion. It was uh, Becky Lynch informed Oscar that the Money in the Bank, the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, was not for the briefcase, but it was indeed for what was inside the briefcase, which was the Raw Women's Championship. So Oscar is now the new Raw Women's Champion, which is awesome for her because she has been. Just a, a great source of happiness and light during these weird um, performance center shows. Um, I guess now she's technically face. She's technically she is face. Uh, I don't think she even meant to be face because that was such a genuine reaction that she had to Becky Lynch. Yep. So that was that wasn't just really 
Kana or or Asuka that was just her reacting as as a human to her friend. Yeah. Um, because you notice how Asuka was just like, oh yeah, I won the title, but no, 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 no. Like, we need to celebrate Becky. Like this is bigger. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was really big of Asuka. I thought that was really great. Um. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you can tell nobody told Asuka anything. Nobody she didn't know. So that was that was a great genuine reaction from her. I loved it. Um. I was watching it. I'm like, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> and she's a Grand Slam. Champ. She's a women's Grand Slam champion. She is. That's right. She's won both Raw and SmackDown Women's titles. She's won the tag team title. She's won the in. She's won the NXT Women's title. She's won the Money in the Bank ladder match, and she's won the Royal Rumble. You know what title eludes her though? Hmm. You know what title eludes her though? Hmm. The UK Women's Championship. Yeah, but that doesn't really count. That's not necessarily that's that's more of a niche title. That's more like NXT UK is basically what NXT used to be, where like it only really matters to that specific like audience. It's pretty much developmental now. Kind of. It's 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 really just for the people in the UK, even though they really tried to integrate. Imperium and Jordan Devlin in, but obviously now they can't, and I don't think they're going to be able to do that for a while. Like NXT UK is just going to strictly stick to the UK because after all this, travel is going to be weird, and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of people that aren't going to be okay with traveling for a while still. Um, and keep in mind that they're more than likely not going to Saudi Arabia this year. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure people won't go, want to go to Saudi Arabia for a while. Well, Saudi Arabia has a travel ban right now. Well, they have a travel ban right now, but I'm just saying when it's lifted, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people just very skeptical still of traveling anywhere outside of the U.S. Like, I'm sure a lot of them don't want to travel, you know, inside the U.S. But, like, let's say, for example, our champion, our former Intercontinental champion, Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sami Zayn has chosen to take up WWE on their offer to stay home while stand orders are in place. And because of that, he won't be able to defend the Intercontinental title uh, for quite a while, so they have effectively stripped him of the Intercontinental title, and there will be a tournament on SmackDown this Friday to crown a new Intercontinental champion, which is di- which is interesting because they're not doing an interim Intercontinental champion like they're doing for the you for the Cruiserweight the, title cruiserweight, with Jordan yeah. Devlin. Yeah, they're 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 s- just straight up taking it off Sami Zayn, um, which I find to be bullshit. Uh, let's see. Uh, Zane is so this is from KHIT. It's Zane is believed to be sitting out of the shows the company is producing during the pandemic, as WWE has said any talent can do without fear of consequences. Some have pointed out to taking the belt as a negative repercussion for Sammy, but I don't buy it. Championships are just props, and it's often hard to see what value we're on SmackDown secondary titles even have as accessories. It's just true. The real test will come when will come when we see how Zayn is booked when he returns. Will he still have a prominent role in television as an upper mid-card heel, or is he going to be on main event? Will the artist collectively resume, or have uh, the artist collective resume, or have Nakamura and Cesaro been reassigned as King Corbin's court? Um, and then they put a tweet about from WWE Fox talking about how Zayn is unable to compete, and He's, uh, the Intercontinental Championship has been vacant and he responds by saying, I disagree with this decision no matter what anyone says, I'm still undefeated and therefore still the Intercontinental Champion. I, uh, I mean, here's my, here's my logic. So, 
in the time of rain that he's had mm-hmm. from uh, elimination elimination chamber to now, mm-hmm. he's only defended the title once. But that's more time than Brock Lesnar's had between matches when he was champion. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, yeah, that's true. I think it's different because they try to justify that at least, okay, Brock Lesnar is going to come up back at this point. They don't know when Sami Zayn is going to come back for sure. They don't know when a lot of these people are going to be, are going to want to come back. That's fair. Or when they're going to be able to have them back. I mean, that's fair. So, I mean, it's not like they necessarily use the United States and the Intercontinental titles a lot. Or even the cruiserweight or the TV or the twenty four seven title a lot, but like they still have to justify like okay these are titles that we have we don't want to make them completely irrelevant so we need to give somebody who is showing up you know we want to if we're gonna showcase them we might as well throw a belt on one of them. That's fair. And um, uh, outside of that, we have the we have the, uh, the we have the return of the wild card rule. Yes, the wild card 2.0. Um, apparently, the networks have asked for this. Yep, that's what I heard. Because of the because of the decline in both uh, shows' ratings, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's uh, stupid, regardless. Because uh, they've always, they've they've done the okay. I understand the justification of it this time. I think you know they've never really had a reason to justify it before, and I think just doing it now is a little bit dumb and lazy because there's a lot of the, each brand has a lot of talent that they could showcase that's still showing up uh, I think the only people I think the only title really that constitutes the raw card rule is the women's tag team championships mm-hmm. but I mean the whole show doesn't need to ha- be under a wild card rule type of situation um, real quick so Russell Votes is uh, reporting that SummerSlam, WWE wants to wants to remain in Boston, um, but it's becoming increasingly more and more likely that that's not going to happen because Boston has rules set in place for no fans in attendance in in, in any sort of sports capacities until September. Yeah. Um, so they're looking at possibly moving this to Florida or Georgia. And then the date- if, they, if they don't give a shit about if they don't give a shit about the virus and they want people in the stands, just go to Texas. Yep. Um, there's no word on a takeover as well for for SummerSlam weekend, but it also might be moved mm-hmm. back into September, which would be weird. Why? Just call it Fall Slam, I guess. Wait, you're saying they'll wait? You're saying they'll move SummerSlam to September? SummerSlam to September. The fall brawl. Fall brawl. There we go. If they want to go that route, there you go. And if Cody hasn't applied for the trademark for it already, yeah. Um. Before we move on to you. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the possibility of Otis using the money in the bank briefcase for a tag team championship match for him and Tucker? I think it's stupid. Right? Yeah. 
It's just like the WWE tag, like any of the tag team championships, it's kind of easy to contend for. Yeah. And if you're good enough, if you're a good enough team, you should be able to contend for them within like a month. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think it's like I understand the the joke side of Otis and stuff like that, but as a performer, and I understand that he loves Tucker. I understand their brothers, you know, whatever. But as a performer, I would I would think like you know a championship like that would be your main priority. Now, <clears throat> now my thought, and it immediately pissed me off because if I thought it, they probably thought it too. Mm-hmm. McIntyre is supposed to face Corbin. Yep. So let's say Corbin beats McIntyre clean. Mm-hmm. He therefore earns a WWE title shot. Mm-hmm. Let's say the next week Corbin faces McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Corbin wins. Mm-hmm. Corbin now has the WWE championship. You catch that shit on Corbin. You catch that shit on Corbin. But what does that mean for the title that not only did you have Corbin beat McIntyre, who was supposed to be your golden boy? But then you have Otis cash in on Corbin. It's like when you're playing one of the 2K games mm-hmm. and you just kind of go, you just kind of go press a square button on the PS3 and just simulate, simulate, simulate. And you do that for like a year straight. So when you started off, the champion was John Cena. And then at the end of the year that you just simulated all throughout, the champion is, I don't know, fucking, uh, Jin, uh, I was going to say Jinder Mahal, uh, fucking Curtis Axel. Or it's fucking, you know, Jerry Lawler. Like, Dallas. Huh? It's Bo oh, Dallas, yeah. Or it's fucking Tyler Breeze. And it's not to say none of them are, are, are talented or anything like that. Bo Dallas is one of the you know greatest NXT champions. Tyler Breeze is incredibly, incredibly entertaining. Um, but they're not your go-tos when you think of WWE champions. No. And especially Otis. No, so what do you think? What do you think that would do to the title, and like, what what kind of backlash do you think they would receive for that? Because you can't, because Otis cannot cash in on Drew McIntyre and be successful. No, and he Otis cannot cash in on on, um, on the Fiend or Braun. Yep, and be successful. You have to. I mean, you have to make it like it sucks. Like it's gonna be. I'm trying to think. Because let's say if you okay, so if you were to if you were to defeat the fiend, let's say the fiend and Braun Strowman go, the fiend wins, but then Braun Strowman just beats the absolute shit out of the fiend, and Otis comes and takes advantage. That just kills the fiend right there and then. Like the fiend is is like he, he was able to build himself up after yeah he was able to build himself up after Crown Jewel, mm-hmm. and you know everybody took him seriously again. But like if you were to do that to him, that's it. Fiend's dead in the water, and you can't really do that to Braun without having. Like six other people help Otis beat him up. So, I'm trying to think of a good example of a champion, like of a, of a as a joke champion, with the title. Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal. Well, I didn't care for his title. Already. Huh? Bob Backlund. <laughs> I mean, well, Bob Backlund at that time was. He was still a badass. He was still badass. Um, 
I'm trying to think. David Arquette. So, well, David Arquette, like the WCW, that whole period of WCW was a fucking joke. Actually, you know what? Huh. We, will, we will go with Bob Backlund because you know why? Huh. Um, you only had it for like, a, for like a week, right? Yeah, you only had it for like a week. But also, technically, uh, he defeated Antonio Inoki for it. Really? Yeah. Wait, no. Wait, so he defeated Inoki and then he got beat by Bret Hart, correct? This is the time period that I'm thinking right, right? In 96? No, we're talking way before this. We're talking about, we're talking like. No, I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking around the 90s. 90s? Yeah. Let's go, let's go closer to the 90s. Like, look at, like, look around the, look, look for WWE champions in the 90s and I think Bob Alcon was one of them. Yeah, Bob Backlund was champion for two days and then yep. lost it to Diesel. Yeah. So, that's probably the most closest to a joke championship. That's literally uh, a transitional championship. Mm-hmm. Or, like, that's what people thought of JBL as, too. But that's literally a transitional champion. So, that's how I could see Corbin if they were to go that route, which I really don't, which I really hope they don't. Um, but yeah, there's not too many joke champions really when you think of the WWE championship. Um, not really. Even for the world championship, yeah. I mean, they've kept a lot of they kept a lot of prestige and lineage throughout the the uh, history of the championship. Not if you count Jinder Mahal. I mean, they so. Vince McMahon, you know, likes his big beefy men. That's true. Um, um, there is, there's literally have not like I'm scrolling through the list of like WWE championship matches and kind of who just is the first champion of the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Do you know? Out top of your head, top of your head, do you remember? The first one? Isn't it Bruno yeah. Sanatino? Nope. Buddy Rogers? Major Boy Buddy Rogers. And he held on to it for not that long, actually, for maybe like a month, and then Bruno San Martino. Bruno San Martino. After Bruno San Martino. After Bruno San Martino, he had it for almost 10 years. Bruno San Martino, though, when he first got the championship, he had the joke championship of what it looked like because it was basically the first belt that they had was – a plate of the United States mm-hmm. that said world champion oh, yeah. on it. Yeah. Uh, but who was the first champion under the WWF? Do you, don't even look. Don't look. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> do you know it? Oh, I do not know it. No, no, no. Can you take a guess? Just take a wild guess. I'm looking directly at you. Yeah, I know. Take a wild guess. Um... You literally just said it earlier. Is it Antonio Inoki? Yeah. And then it was vacated. Yep. Because and he went and then to, back then on. Yeah, he went to Japan for uh, to start NJPW, right? Yeah. I keep forgetting that Ted DiBiase was technically a champion for a bit. I don't think it's officially recognized because... Uh, no, it is. It is? Because he was given 
He was given it to him from Andre the Giant. He's, it was sold by Andre the Giant. But the yeah. thing is, uh, WWE... Oh, wait. No, you're right. Yeah, it does, yeah, it's not recognized. That's weird. Yeah. Jack Turner refused to recognize Ted DiBiase and vacated the title. Albeit he was announced as such in the following days and even defended the title once against Bam Bam Bigelow in February 8th, 1988 in a live event. Correct. So that's weird that they do and they don't recognize it. It all depends on who you ask, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hogan, it's funny how it goes like... It's fucking stupid how it goes. It goes... Sheik Hogan Giant uh, DiBiase vacated Savage Hogan Warrior Slaughter Hogan Undertaker World Hogan vacated Hogan Flair Hogan Flair no okay <laughs> but no it literally goes Flair Savage Flair Hart Zuna Hogan Zuna Hart Backlund D- oh no the last time fucking Hogan won it was on April 4th 1993 at WrestleMania 9 yeah wow well didn't he win it again when he came back in like the 2000s I feel like he that was, was technically Mr. America. Oh, no, yeah, he did. That's right. Yeah. Uh, he won it from McMahon. No, he didn't. 2000, hold on. 2002. I think he did. Right. Yeah. Hollywood Hogan. Yeah. Who was the first champion of WWE? Of uh, the world lesson. WWE era was Undertaker. American Badass. What championship was that? I'm what sorry, championship what? was that? The WWE championship? Yeah, what was it known as, though? The WWE championship? Nope. What was it known as? It was the Undisputed Championship. That's when they stopped using both belts and they just made the Undisputed Championship. Well, no, technically wasn't Chris Jericho the first Undisputed Champion? Well, no, 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 no. Well, yeah, he was the first Undisputed Championship, but then they changed it completely to just the WWE, like the, that was the WWE belt because they also had the World Heavyweight Championship okay. after a while. Okay. It was the WWE Undisputed Champion when they turned WWE. Yep. When they got the F out? When they got the F out. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I wouldn't call Van Damme a joke champion. He could have done so much better if they had just let him. I mean, if he hadn't gotten in trouble, I should say. If him and Sabu didn't, didn't, uh, you know, toke up in that fucking dry, joyride. That would have been a completely different story now. Mm-hmm. It's funny how then, like, after we have the Hogan era, then we have the Cena era. Where it goes, Layfield, Cena, Edge, Cena, Van Damme, Edge, Cena, Vacated Orton. Hunter, Orton, Hunter, Edge, Hardy, Edge, Hunter, Orton, <laughs> Batista, Vacated, Orton, Cena, Orton, Cena, Seamus, Cena, Batista, Cena, Seamus, Orton, Miz, Cena, Punk, Vacated, Mysterio. Oh, that's right. Mysterio was champion for like an hour. That's right. Not even an hour. I guess wow, that's, that the joke. that's the joke championship right there. I mean, unfortunately, but they made a, they mostly made him a joke more than he was an actual joke because that would have been awesome for Mysterio to have an actual reign with. So people forget that. So I, because I forgot that too. Not only was he a world heavyweight champion, he was a WWE champion. Yep. That's, that pisses me off. Mysterio, Cena, Punk, Del Rio, Cena, Del Rio, Punk, Rock, Cena, Daniel, 
Orton, Brian vacated. Orton, Brian vacated. Cena, Lesnar, Rollins vacated. Reigns, Sheamus, Reigns, Hunter, Reigns, Rollins, Ambrose, Styles, Cena, Wyatt, Orton, Mahal, Styles, Brian, Kingston, Lesnar, and McIntyre. Huh. I feel like that joke that fucking uh, Dave Chappelle tells at a stand up. It's just like you go in the hood, it's like fucking gun store, liquor store, liquor store, gun store, gun store, liquor store. <laughs> yeah, so Rey Mysterio and Andre the Giant both tie for like the shortest title reigns with less than. Yeah. Day. Uh, how long did he have it? Because oh no, well no, just well, Mysterio was technically champion longer than Andre the Giant because Andre the Giant automatically just straight up sold the the no. belt to DiBiase, whereas Mysterio at least had a match. Yeah. So he technically just went over that time limit just from the match alone, and then that's when Punk came back. You remember that one time uh, JBL thought he won the World Heavyweight title and then Batista showed up? That's when they, yeah, that's when they drafted Batista. <laughs> I wonder what they actually had in, the, like, I've been wondering, what did they have in that belt bag? That's a good question. Like, I wonder if they had, like, the WWE Championship in there. I wonder if they had, like, designed a new championship or if they just put, like, maybe, like, the hardcore belt in there. I'm pretty sure they just put, like, a replica belt in there. Yeah. Because it wasn't, like, so WWE is very, very, like, when they want to show their belts, they should make a lot huge prestige out of them. Yeah, they make a make a whole thing out of it, especially the last few times, like when they uh, introduced the WWE Women's Championship. Yeah. When they got rid of the fucking butterfly belt, like that, they made a big deal about that. They kind of made they made a big deal about the Universal Championship, even though people made fun of it for like the longest time. And then the twenty four seven title, which fucking- looks like something like it looks like something the Flash would make for himself. The butterfly belt was fucking horrible. I was so glad that they when they finally got rid of that. Let's see. I'm trying to pull up. You know, it's much much harder to find the history of the big gold belt than it is the uh, WWC WWE title. I wonder if that's by uh, uh, design. No. Uh, well, it depends. So, if you're looking for like the NWA World Championship, because that that is the ten pounds of gold, I think they still. Well, yeah. No, well, that's ten, different. Ten pounds of gold is still its own belt. Yeah. I'm talking specifically about because the uh, World Heavyweight Championship. WWE World Heavyweight Championship. I'm trying to find the whole history of it. Like it it'll give me the Yeah, that was the one that was that that Bischoff gave to Hunter, right? Yeah. Wow, there's like an actual fucking flow chart. Yeah, of so the, the world so the World Heavyweight Wrestling Championship originated in 1905-1957. Reigns partially emerged with the NWA World Heavyweight Championship from 1948 to present, but then it splinters off. The first one is the WWF World Heavyweight Championship, renamed after unification to the undisputed WWF Championship. Whoa, you broke up there. 
and then renamed the WWE World Championship. So that's 2002 to present. So that's still, they still technically consider, part of them still technically considers the big gold belt to be the WWE Championship. Yeah. And then you spin her off the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. It goes to the WCW Championship, renamed after the WWF purchases WCW. And then it shares heritage with the World Heavyweight Championship from 2002 to 2013. And then the third splinter is the AWA World Heavyweight Championship, which went from 1960 to 1990. It's, it's a confusing cookie. Well, it gets confusing because of fucking Ric Flair. Because Ric Flair went to fucking WWF with the big gold belt, and it's just like, okay, well, fuck Crockett and fuck, you know, Turner. Yep. But I mean, yeah, the the big gold belt, after it leaves WCW, then it just has, you know, it it, it all all ends with WWE, even though that wasn't the original big gold belt. Ric Flair has the original big gold belt, if I'm correct. Because it was made for Ric Flair. Yeah, it was specifically designed for Flair. Uh, but yeah, Hunter was the uh, WWF, I mean, sorry, the World Heavyweight Championship in 2002 because it was handed down to him by motherfucking uh, Eric Bischoff. Well, before that, so. Jesus Christ, there's too many fucking. There's too many. There's too much of that to go through. So the end of the WWE of the, the the World Heavyweight Championship, end of the first brand extension. The World Heavyweight Champion could appear on both Raw and SmackDown. WWE Championship and the WWE Championship were unified in December 2013. Subsequently, retiring the World Heavyweight Championship and continuing the lineage of the WWE Championship, which is renamed to WWE World Heavyweight Championship. So, who was that last champion to hold both belts? Do you remember? Um, no. Do tell. It was it was Orton. Orton. And I remember this because I was pissed off about this. Because this is the, one of the times I wanted Cena to win. Randy Orton was the final champion in his fourth reign. He defeated John Cena in a TLC match in 2013 in Houston, Texas to unify the WWE and World Heavyweight Championship. Because this is when they were still using both belts, too. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Okay, so that was the, one of the only times I remember wanting Cena to win. I couldn't stand Orton at that time. You couldn't stand Orton at the time? Mm-mm. <laughs> um, now, interestingly enough, the yeah. uh, in terms of reigns, so Jeff Hardy and Shawn Michaels both rank last, but they both have 28 days, which isn't nothing, like, it's not a day or a hour. I think the season that sneeze at, yeah, yeah. Like there's a lot more. I feel like there's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more title reigns. Or there's a lot more time consumption when yeah. it comes to that. Uh, Randy Orton was the youngest uh, gaining it at the age of 24. Tigger was the oldest to want it to win it at the age of 44. Wow. Edge had the most title reigns, but seven championship reigns of the World Heavyweight Championship, and there were all of six vacancies throughout the title history. All right. Well, now that we're done with that tangent, you are, I guess. You you have some uh, some Q and A's for me, I guess. 
Yes. Um. Why do you suck? No. Um. So, like I said earlier, fucking almost a half hour ago, um, we wanted to let people get to know you a little bit more. So, um. We will touch on wrestling stuff, but we'll also touch on uh, some dark stuff, like um, which, uh, you know, alleyway you got your butthole touched in, uh, how many back alley doctors have you had abortions from, you know, just all that stuff. Um, Yes. The answer is the one from CVS, the one from Walgreens, the one from... um, So, when... Did you did like do? You, I think we we might have touched on this before, but just <coughs> just for for refresher's sake, um, do you remember when you fell in love with wrestling? So, do you remember? Okay, okay. Do you remember who introduced you to wrestling? What made you fall in love with wrestling, and why do you stick to it now? I fell in love with wrestling when I was a kid. My uncle, my uncle Cookie's the one who got me into wrestling, as well as my uncle Robert. Our Uncle Robert, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they were both huge. They were both huge into wrestling. So, like, naturally, I just started watching. Like, we would watch. We would watch uh, Sunday night or Saturday night main event. And uh, that was, like, a huge thing as a kid growing up because I'm an 80s kid, so. Mm-hmm. And then I got out of it like for a little bit when I was uh when I was like maybe nine, but then I quickly got back into it because uh that's when the attitude era was like slowly starting to pop off. Mm-hmm. So when I was in middle school, when I was in middle school, I was uh it was you know mid nineties, and I started getting in, getting really really back into wrestling. And uh, the first wrestling event I went to was, like, one of my uncles took me and my cousin out to WrestleMania 13. And, like, that, as a kid, like, as, if, you went, if that was your first wrestling event you ever went to, you were hooked because it's WrestleMania. Yeah. So every month, every month my uncle would order, you know, pay-per-views and, like, I don't know how he afforded it because, like, back in the day, like, pay-per-views were, like, $74 a pop. Yeah. And so, Not unless you had a black box. No, like, he actually paid for them. Oh, really? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. He actually went out and paid for them. And uh, that's, you know, where my love of wrestling really came from. And I lived with my biological father for a year, who's also a huge wrestling, wrestling nerd and Again, my my biological father would order every single fucking pay per view from WCW and WWF, mm-hmm. which again don't know how he did it, but yeah, like so I you know I would watch whenever I would go stay with my dad I would watch wrestling wrestling and when I lived with him like I just got even more and more into it, and uh, that's funny because you know second wrestling event I went to was No Way Out was a uh, no way out when uh nwo returned really yeah wow so that was like a huge thing for me too i was like 
got to see Hulk Hogan come back and you know the band get see the whole band get back together. It was it was fun. I, I would imagine so. Yeah, shit. It was fun, and then uh, you know I left my father's house, and I still was again. I, I, I love wrestling. I didn't watch too much of it when I came back home. When I came back home to live with my mom, just because we didn't have cable, so my only options were just SmackDown. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I was huge hooked on SmackDown when I when I was able to watch it. Um, you know, and that like SmackDown at that time was that was the uh, Paul Heyman era of SmackDown, where you know you had. Oh, the, okay, yeah. You had he the, was the second GM, right? Yeah. But you had the uh you know, SmackDown Six, which was which was Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, uh Chris Benoit. I'm for spazzing on the two Edge. Other, huh? Edge. Edge. Yeah, and uh, I can't think of the other name. Undertaker. So that's when you had the SmackDown 6 and you know that was to me that's like one of the golden eras of SmackDown. Yeah. And you know I got to you know I I got to live through all that all that and the next wrestling event I went to after that was uh, WrestleMania 22 here in Chicago. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Like that was fun. What um, it's very, well in in W and a lot of the wrestling that we watch. Like a lot of it is um, is very spectacle based. Yep. Um, like you know when you go um to a WWE event, uh, even if you go to some of the bigger events, like we went to All In, or if even if you go to like a Ring of Honor or something like that, like what um, like you you'll get the pyro sometimes you'll get the stage you'll get the lighting you'll get everything you'll get everything that you've always seen on tv what about being there is so different and i, I know it's one of the things you have to, to experience yourself but like what about it makes it different from what just watching it on tv besides the obvious and if they were to t- if they were to take away like two or three of those elements do you think you'd be able to enjoy it the same way I think I'd, oh yes, one hundred percent. So, you know, not outside of WrestleMania events and uh, No Way Out, I've also gone to Raw, Raw and SmackDown events as well. Um, I think Chicago is kind of unique in a sense because you know we have a very, 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 very passionate crowd. Like you don't need pyro for Chicago crowds, just because the the fans, the environment, it's. 100% electric. I mean, you experienced it with All In. Yeah. Like, Chicago Crowds is a different breed. It's a different breed of wrestling fan. Like, you... I remember... Uh, I don't know if you remember the... Uh, so, when when Raw was doing the guest host things, and it was, like, kind of like the cheesy era of Raw. Yeah, like, that's around the time that I wasn't really watching. Yeah. So, the... Uh, when I went to one of the raw events and it like the uh, guest host at that time was uh, what's the name from the guy from, from prices, right? Uh, Bob, uh, Bob, I was about to say Bob Saget. Bob, Saget. Uh, Bob Barker. I want to say Bob Barker. Yeah. Bob yeah. Barker. So he was the guest host for, for raw that night. And you know, there was mm-hmm. no pyro. 
there was no pyro and the whole uh, Price is Right thing that they were doing was kind of cheesy, but, you know, you had the fans, like, you had the fans that were just, you had, you had, you know, women screaming out, let's go, Cena, and every single guy going, Cena sucks, like, Mm -hmm. in in the background, and, like, you, you know, it's just, like, you take away the element of pyro because, you know, they couldn't do it because of the staging area that they had had set up, Mm -hmm. so, you know, you take away the pyro, but the fan base is still what kept it going and what kept it interesting and kept it alive. Yeah. Like, the show itself was absolute gar. Like, the show itself was absolute garbage, but, like, the fans made it that much more enjoyable. You as a fan, so obviously you've been watching for years and years and years. Um, <laughs> and even if you do come back, like, you know, I, I think with any hobby, most people—not even hobby, but just like uh, something that people like do on a normal day-to-day basis. Some people like kind of fall out of like the routine of it sometimes, and not even just because they don't like it anymore, just because that's how life is. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're not always consistent with things. Um, as a fan, what's something you notice that's changed with other fans? Um, from when you started watching wrestling to now and what's something that you wish that more companies and we're not just singling out WWE here we're talking about all companies in general what's something that you would what's something that you think that they should single in on when it comes to pleasing the fans so the first change and then first what do you think they should be doing more I think the first change they should do is uh no, I mean, like, what have you noticed that's changed? Oh, that's changed? From the fans. Like, what's the difference in, in fans between the 80s and now? Um, definitely, I would say kayfabe has changed pretty much. So, you know, back in the 80s, back in the 90s, you know, you, it was very much, this guy's a heel, this guy's a good guy, and, you know, we're going to narrate this story to you. Where now is no, the fans are kind of more so narrating, you know, we don't like we don't care if he's a bad guy, like we like him. Like we like yeah. him. uh you know, the prime example. And to be fair, stuff like that kinda of, kinda of started even back then too. Yeah. I mean it de- it definitely was it was around back then, but it wasn't as prevalent as it was say late nineties, two thousands. And today, I think they were able to, and not to step on your toes or anything like that, but just I think they were able to kind of shut that down more. Because if you listen to podcasts that talk about the early 90s and Hogan, um, there's a lot of people that would say that around that time people started getting tired of Hogan, yeah, because they're because t- they, they've seen that t- that Hogan for years and years and years for like you know almost 10 years already at that point, yeah, um, and so they would boo him just because they were bored. Yeah. And you know, the, then they would just kind of change the direction of what they were going because, you know, again, like kayfabe was still such a big thing. Um, and obviously, that, again, like that's not a case now. Like you can't really shut that down even if you wanted to because the fans will just, then just do it on the spite. Yeah, and that's – I think the big thing is fans now are so much more – the average, so the fans today are so much more smarter than they were – than we were 25 years ago. And do you think that adds? Do you think that adds to the experience and the quality of the show, or do you think that we as fans end up hindering what 
they they produce because they're going to try to tell us one story but because we know so much what we're doing is going to influence it so much that it kind of takes a different turn than it should have the answer short answer yes because it goes both ways it really really goes both ways i mean you know we have a lot of influence on we have a lot of influence on what happens within within the wrestling world now than we'd have had before but at the same time you know like for example vince is gonna vince yeah um but i mean we have so much more influence now as wrestling fans than we've had ever had in the past like i mean without say for example like say for example the daniel bryan movement that wouldn't Forget about even like, forget even in the last 10 years, 15 years ago, that wouldn't have happened. No. So it shows a lot, you know, where wrestling, where wrestling fans have that influence now. Uh, Another prime example is, you know, CM Punk is a big example. If you've ever seen, if you've ever been to, if you've ever seen a Chicago crowd with CM Punk in it, it the whole place becomes unglued. And it's, you know, it's truly a thing of beauty at the same time, you know. At the same time, you know, we have, we also have, uh, we also have, while we have a lot of influence, we also can be somewhat disruptive. Mm-hmm. So fans in general, I mean, for example, I, I, I remember uh, one time there was a, it was a, a WrestleMania, like one of the nights after WrestleMania. Uh-huh. And uh, it was a Cesaro, Sheamus, it was the bar match versus, I can't, I can't remember who. But the fans were, uh, you know, throwing around a beach ball and you know, oh yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah, singing uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's theme song. You know, and doing the Olay theme, and you know, um, there's a five star match going on in the middle of the ring, but mm-hmm. because you have people being dipshits about everything, you kind of lose focus and lose track of that because of what's going on in the back. Yeah. So we Makes have sense. like we have the power to do really really cool things, but then when, sometimes we kind of use that power for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um. There's um. There's been a couple times, and I actually started thinking of you a lot when I heard this. Um. I was listening to the Bruce Pritchard podcast, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. And mm-hmm. um, there was, they were talking about people from WCW and ECW who tried integrating into WWF after both companies went out of business. And um, Bruce had said something along the lines of like, you can be a really great wrestler. You can be a really great technical wrestler, but if you don't have the character and if you don't have, if you're not able to like connect you know, outside the ring, then you won't really be able to make it. How how do you feel as a wrestling fan? And I'm not talking about just like, you know, obviously you're not speaking for all wrestling fans. I'm talking about you personally. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that statement? And how do you feel 
about that like now as compared to like let's say even like the early 2000s i mean if you don't connect with the fans you're never going to make it it's as simple as that it is as simple as that i mean fans because are the way no i'm sorry fans are pretty much what makes or breaks you yeah i mean for example like okay prime example flip gordon Okay. If, if you know, say for example, the if he didn't have the char- charisma he did, mm-hmm. he would never, like, no matter how hard you know, say for example, you know, Cody Rhodes and everyone else tried to, to push him, if he didn't have that charisma, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Uh. I'm trying to think of another good example. I mean, there's the history's littered with this. His history's littered with like people who kind of just you know came in and just fizzled out. My feeling and like the first person I thought of, and I know it's really taboo right now, especially since it's been reintroduced. Oh, you broke up there. World, but like the first person I thought of was Benoit. Benoit, yeah. How's that? Yeah. Because yeah. like I never, well, like no. But here's the thing, though, is that I never really felt connected to him, other than, you know, I wanted him to be Hunter. Yep. And like I never really, I never really felt like pers- like a personal attachment to him, other than like he's a really good wrestler. Uh, and like he, he was passionate when he did, you know, get on the mic and do some interviews, but, like, I never really felt like, oh, this is the guy for me. I was just like, this guy's a really good wrestler. I like seeing what he does in the ring, and I really think that he should kick Triple H's ass. I think my my experiences with Benoit is a little bit different because I got to see Benoit in the WCW era. So I've seen him as a heel, and I've seen him as a face. And I think that, like, that's what kind of resonates with me is, you know, when his WCW run was going on. Mm-hmm. So I was able to kind of get a get a better idea from from him from there, but I mean, example is like, say, yeah, I'm trying to think of a wrestler that's kind of dud out. Like, okay, here we go, Buff Bagwell. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a fantastic mm-hmm. guy, but. I, I never, I, I, even WCW, I never necessarily felt a connection to him. I always just thought of him as annoying. Yeah. I mean, someone who should have been, like, really, someone who should have been a megastar, like Chuck Palumbo. American males, American males, American males. Uh, uh, Chuck Palumbo, but, like, you know, I think um, Paul Heyman tried to bring this up a few times. Little Guido, little Guido Maritano. Yes, that is a that is someone who should have been a mega star. But why? Why didn't they make it though? When in the terms of Little Guido, I think I think the big issue for him was Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman and Vince McMahon. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, he never really got a chance to talk. Like, do you remember um, any of the stuff in ECW? Vaguely. 
Vaguely. Like in ECW, I thought he was a mega star. But again, when you when you're going from when you're going from ECW to say, for example, SmackDown. Like on SmackDown, he was made to look stupid. Yeah, that's a prime example. So someone who's able to kind of always reinvent themselves is a uh, Matt Cardona, aka Zack Ryder. Mm-hmm. So. Ten years ago, you know, he created Z True Long Island Z True Long Island story, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he made it like he made it. People wanted to see him. People wanted to, you know, root for him, cheer for him because of his YouTube series. Yeah, and you know, instead of giving him the hot mic, sort of speak. You know, WWE just kind of said, nope, we're just going to take this mic away from you. Yeah. And um, that's like... How maddening is that? Like, you as a fan are so behind somebody. Like, like in Zack Ryder's sake, like, yeah, they kind of gave him the ball to roll with a little bit, but after he won the United States title... That's when everything went down. Yep. Or let's even say like somebody like Ricochet, like somebody who truly is what they would call an indie darling. Oh yeah. And how he's been used, you know, so poorly within the past year in on the main quote unquote main roster. Yeah. Um, what does that like? How does to as a fan? How does that make you feel? Like, do you ever feel like resentment towards? Like a company, if they misuse somebody like that in that capacity, or do you feel like you should be doing more as a fan? Like, how do you, how do you feel? I mean, as a fan, here's the way I kind of look at it: is you can do everything you want, but in WWE, like for example, like in WWE, at the end of the day, there's only one person whose opinion matters. It's not ours. Nope. And um, I mean, but if you you can. Like, if you did the same shit, like, with AEW, Impact, or ROH, or NJPW, respectively, they'll listen to their fans. I mean, for example, like, people got pissed off about the Nightmare Collective with uh, with AEW. What did AEW do? Cool, we're done with this then. Yeah. Um, I mean, ROH, you know... ROH is a good example of that as well. Like they say, you know, they kind of get behind a lot of the people that the that the fans want to see. And kudos to Marty Skull right now because he, the ship seems to be running a little bit more straighter than it was before. Yeah, and that might not just be a, a full Marty, Marty Skull thing. Who you know, there's obviously another more people behind the scenes than. We could possibly think of, but you know, kudos to them for getting the ship more on more on track. Um, but going back to uh, the second question earlier, also as well, um, like again, not singling out WWE, even if a lot of these companies aren't necessarily doing something wrong. What's something that you think they, they can improve on to help to to help make their fans happier? Like, what would make you happier if the company started doing these one or two things? One of the things I really, really like is kind of, uh, and I think a lot of wrestling companies in this current situation have an opportunity to do it, is uh, in-depth profiles on the wrestlers. So 
here's the difference, say, for example, between between doing, you know, kind of in the profile. I'm talking like five minutes tops. Five minutes tops. I'm not talking about doing a three-week, you know, profile on a, a one wrestler that takes up 20 mm-hmm. minutes, that takes up 20-minute segments. So you end up spending an hour you end up spending an hour on one specific person versus say, for example, you know, like for example, boxing matches, you know, before you get, before you get the match, you get these kind of like, you know, profiles of the boxers that are going to fight something like that. I mean, we have, we're living in a time where you need to fill up content where you need time to fill up content. What yeah. better way to do that than kind of giving small profiles? Um, the other thing, you know, it not only does it give you more information about the wrestler, but it gives people opportunity to kind of relate to that wrestler or kind of, you know, feel sympathetic or empathetic for that wrestler or, you know, feel build up to that point where like, oh, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, that goes a very, very long way. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'd probably say is, you know, don't. I hate script. Like that's one of the biggest things I hate about WWE is how scripted it is. Mm-hmm. Um, what made the Attitude Era so successful is how unscripted it was. So it didn't really follow a read this line, read this line, read this line. It was more of a cool. Here's a general idea of what we want to do. Like, can you get those words out? Yeah, they were letting, they were giving their, their guys more freedom to roll, to get to, to have fun with the, the wheel instead of just like telling them how to make it from these instructions. Yep. I think that goes a very, very, very long way. Um, if you ran, okay, let's say you had. I'm trying to think, of, I always want to go to a million, but a million is really early isn't that much of a, a lot. You get ten million dollars. Mm-hmm. You get to run one show, mm-hmm. and it's only two hours long. Mm-hmm. You have four matches, and you have to pick what you're selling in the stands. Remember, you have to still buy the stuff. Mm-hmm. So what are they eating? What are the people eating? How big of a venue? And what are the four matches? And you can, you can choose whatever you want. So what are they eating is pretty, is pretty obvious. Whatever the hell. That's pussy. <laughs> yeah. And ass. Uh, Sausages, lots of sausages. I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, so it's like I'm gonna license out Kevin. I'm gonna license out Kevin Smith's cock smoker to sell yeah. at my wrestling show. Thank you. Uh, sausage is pretty cheap and popcorn. Like that's that's pretty much all you need. Uh, and obviously your fountain drinks that each are like five dollars pop for. Oh, that was my biggest complaint about All In was like, but how much? How were, expensive the drinks were? How expensive the drinks were? Like, Dude, the, weren't the beers like 15 bucks each? Yeah. 
for for uh, Miller Lite. God, yeah. It's like that was my one. That was my one complaint about All In was All Out. Yeah. It was just like you. We. I mean, like it wasn't that much, granted, but like. You know, we got there super early to just kind of stand around with overexpensive pretzels, beer, and really not much because you I, still had to pay like 40, 50, 60 bucks for autographs. Here, here's what, so here's what kind of pissed me off about the, uh, about the uh, all out barbecue was, uh, was the fact that you had to pay for the food. Yeah, I thought, I thought food was going to be included. Yeah. Because I was like, all right, cool. We can go fill up before the show starts. And then, nope. And literally, it was a lot of people kind of just standing around. Yep. It felt like, it felt like, it felt like a, like somebody overhyped a high school party that they were going to have because their mom, their parents were going to be away from the weekend. But the person who owns the house and planned the party is a complete fucking nerd who was just kind of invited to like a really weird hodgepodge of people. Yep, that's exactly what I felt like. But back to what you were saying, though. Like, I so if I had ten million dollars, I mean, sausages and and in your and your assortment of drinks, um, I would do a medium-sized venue. So it's medium-sized to you. So medium-sized to me would be like Hammerstein Ballroom. Okay, it's a really good building too. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I would, if I had, you know, four matches. Oh, man. Does, can it be past, present, dead, or alive? I mean, since we're giving you $10 million, sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> first match. So first match would probably be probably be a tag match between if I had to like pick my if I had to pick my all-time favorite tag teams I mean it's gonna be the Young Bucks versus it's gonna be Young Bucks versus Hardy Boys okay um and then specifically within the ladder match it would be a tag team ladder match what are they fighting for ten thousand dollars $10,000 $10,000 bonus hanging. Okay. Um, now, do, now, do you get 10000 each, or is it split between the two of them? Split between the two of them. <laughs> Let's be real. i got to make a profit. <laughs> um, the second match would probably be a women's match between... Or, you know, I'm it so would be a... Huh? I'm so proud of you. Why? Because I don't know how many guys would actually put a women's match. I mean, like, even five years ago, they probably wouldn't put a women's match into their dream, like, scenario. But I'm just so proud of you that your second match is a women's match. <laughs> it's, I mean, I like women wrestling. Like, I love women wrestling. I think they... I'm, not, I'm, more, I'm more proud of you that you didn't make it the first match. It's just like, no, we're not getting out of the way. We're putting it in fucking the middle, bitch. Yeah, well, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be in the middle. It's, it's going to be, you know, when people's asses are in seats. Um... Uh, you know, I mean, getting people's asses and seats is having, you know, Bucks versus Hardys. Like, oh shit, I gotta get there. Second match would be a women's match between, um, obviously, Hikido Shida, because he's one of my favorite female wrestlers. Uh, 
I, who would I put her up against? Probably. Oh. Hmm. It's a tough question now that I think about it. That is a very, very tough question now that I think about it. Because, like, I mean, I love Akira Shida. I love a lot of Josie-style wrestling. I mean, I love... I would make it more interesting. I'd probably put Akira Shida... I wouldn't make it a fatal four-way women's match. So... And these are probably my current favorite four female wrestlers right now at the moment. So it would probably be Akira Shida versus Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, versus Deanna Perrazzo and probably Burt Baker. Okay. Those are, I mean, those are probably my four current favorite wrestlers for in the women's divisions yeah. in general. Yeah. Oh, you know what? No. Fuck that. Make it a file, fatal five way at Rhea Ripley. Okay. Um, yeah, and then third match of the night. Third match of the night, aka the bathroom match, would probably be. I love how you rolled your eyes. Like it's Hornswoggle versus the Big Show. Uh, no, Baron Corbin versus. Uh, Elias. Wait, okay, you have $10 million and you have four matches that you can make at any time with anybody in the fucking world and you're still having a bathroom match. You need a Why don't you have, like, Limp Biscuit perform? <laughs> I, I guess that's fair. That's fair. Okay, you know what? Third match of the night. Jesus Christ, thank God you're not, you're, like, you're sober because I can't imagine you just, like... I think drunk dollars and more creative. I, I would have, um... Oh no! It would have get, got people into a six thousand, six hundred, five hundred, six-seat arena. Um, put uh, a TV in the middle and put the WWE Network on for two hours. Okay, um, but you know what? I get you the free, I get the free trial. All right, and fine. Ten million on cocaine. Fine, fuck you. Third match. Third match. A uh, is a thirty-man over-the-top battle royale. Okay. Who are your thirty men, bitch? <laughs> I'm lazy right. about it. <laughs> I am not going to be lazy about this. Um, I'd probably have. So, Flip Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio. Okay. Um, that's only three, right? Yeah. Fuck. Gordon, Mysterio, Brian. Edge. Okay. Uh, Jake Hager. Okay. I like. I like him. Who? I like. Jay, I like Jake Hager. Okay. Okay. Um, man, this is a lot harder. That's five, right? That's five. 25 more to go. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 25 more to go. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'd have both Briscoe brothers. Okay. So Morgan that's Jay. seven. Seven. 
Um, I love how you did this to spite me, and you're having the hardest time. Stink. Okay. Orange really? Cassidy. Okay. Okay. Nine. Orange Cassidy. That's ten. Okay. That's, no, that's nine. You just said Sting. Oh, Sting. I said Orange Cassidy though. Oh, okay, and then you said Orange Cassidy. That's nine. That's nine. Yeah. Uh, then. All of SU, so Scorpio Sky, Scorpio Sky, uh, Frankie Kazarian, as well as Daniels. Daniels, so, so that's, that's 12. 12. Uh, Chavo is not doing anything, I'll have throw him in the mix. Uh, Johnny Gargano. Okay. Tommaso Ciampa. Okay. You can't have one without the other. Oh, you can. Yeah, 15, right? 15. It's 15. All right, cool. Um, Adam Cole. Baby. 16. Bye bye. Matt Riddle. 17. Marty Skull. 18. Uh, Bully Ray. 19. I'm spazzing on this. This is a lot harder. You, for those who book WrestleMania, I apologize. Because <laughs> this is a lot harder than I thought. I have a thought right now, and I want to, I'll share it with you after, because I already booked mine. Oh, you know what? And... Uh, Celebrity guest appearance by Stephen Amell. So that's 20. But he can't rep Bullet Club, right? No, no, he can't rep Bullet Club. Okay. But speaking of Bullet Club, uh, we also have to have G.O.D. So that's... Both Tama and Tonga? Yeah, both Tama and Tonga. Tama, Tonga, and Tonga Loa? Yep. Uh, Cody Rhodes. 23. Matt Cardona. 24. Um, PJ Black. 35. Chris Jericho. 36. Um, Keith Lee. 27. I'm trying to also keep it within all realms of all the promotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I say uh, Flip Gordon? Yes. Okay. He was your number two pick. He was my number two pick? You're using the number two or three. But you have three more. Oh, uh, Alistair Black. Okay, 28. Special appearance by The Rock. That probably blew like half my budget. 29. And I'm trying to that's 29. Mm-hmm. Ah, fuck it. 30 would be MVP. Just to fuck with the fans. Okay. Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. 
you know, where they should listen to the fans more. The fans do this. Oh, we're gonna fuck with the fans. Here you go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, fucking Vince. Vince Junior Junior. And then my my main event would be uh. I would have my main event be Kenny Omega versus Okada versus Offspray versus Pentagon. Okay. And that would be for that would be for uh number one contendership for whatever promotion they go to or choose to for their top title. That'd be a hell of a main that would be a hell of a main event. That would be because there are stakes in that at least. I was gonna say for my uh, battle royal, it would be a world champion invitational. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's nice. So you got you got Bret Hart, you got Rock, you got Michaels, you got motherfucking Diesel, you got fucking Hogan. Hopefully his quad. Sting. Huh? Hopefully his quad. Oh fuck. Sting, Harley Race, uh, motherfucking Bruno San Martino, Bob Blackland just for fun, um, Taker, um, fuck, Tommy Dreamer. Sabu, no, wait, no, Sabu was never here. Royal Tiger Tournament. Taz, uh, David Arquette, Sid Vicious, motherfucking Eddie Guerrero, Brock Lesnar. Oh, you keep talking, I'll be right back in Scott, just a quick second. Scott Norton, just because. <laughs> Uh, Antonio Noki, um, Ric Flair, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, John Cena, Randy Orton, Edge, Christian, Tessa Blanchard. Jeff Jarrett, and he can represent either TNA or he can represent WCW. Booker T, um, Scott Steiner. I have two fucking more. I threw in Tessa Blanchard. Um, oh yes. Uh, who am I forgetting? Hopefully, she doesn't uh, say anything racist. Oh God, no, I hope not. Because I put Booker T in there. Um, <laughs> AJ Styles and just for the fuck of it, Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis? That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> That's a good one. But, uh, yeah, I like it. I like yours, though. Yours sounds a lot more fun. I like to come up with some fun shit. Um, I think that's about it because we've gotten kind of long today. We did. Um, anything else you want to throw in about rest the state of wrestling right now? 
I think while right now is kind of a weird time in the wrestling world because of everything that's kind of going on, I'm kind of a lot more optimistic now about wrestling than I've been in years. Mm-hmm. So given the current global pandemic, I mean, travel becoming an issue, I think it opens up a lot more intimate crowd environment. Mm-hmm. So for example, like, I mean, wrestling shows aren't going to be as big as, as they have been in a while, but I think the people who are going to go there are going to be more passionate. Yeah, that's true. Just like everything else, everybody's going to be just super into it now. Yep. Because they can be. They can actually be there. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm excited about wrestling the next year. And rightfully so. Uh, we're probably going to do a few more of these. I think I think it's good for both of us just to kind of step away from... Even though we talk about wrestling, we don't necessarily have to go into all the, the news and shit about it because there are better journalists than us doing it as well. We just like to do a recap of the shit that we find interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we will be doing uh, a few more of these. But next time, uh, Donald's going to be uh, getting into my dark hole. That is not my butt this time. <laughs> I'm not from Alabama. We're not from Florida. Alabama. Or any yeah. of the Dakotas. I don't think they do that in Dakotas. Although well, you don't hear about it, that's because they keep it quiet. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. They're all the way into the fucking Dakotas. Who the fucking listens to anybody from a Dakota? Except Fanny. I have a lot of friends in the Dakotas. Um, just That's cool. Just, then you can stick up for me then. Just so we're aware, I am not affiliated with the, those words at all. So That's a lie. He's the one that told me that he has them right up on the chat of our Zoom meeting right now. He told me to say um, death to the Dakotas. De- no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> But yeah, uh, we will see you guys soon. Please keep washing your hands, keep each other safe. And if you live in Texas, well, it was good. It was nice having Texas while we had it, I guess. <laughs> no, it was never fun. Have you been to Texas? Nobody's ever going to, you're never going to hear the phrase, remember the Whataburger. It's true. Uh, where can they find you at, good sir? So they can uh, TNDW Podcast. At Twitter. Okay. Okay. And you can find me at E L D O N B R U J O. Or you can also find me on T N D W podcast. So, That's yeah. That's about it. Have a week. Have a good week, guys. <laughs>